Beautiful people, welcome to Chronicles Abroad. It's a podcast show that uses travel to highlight stories of personal growth. So each week we'll spotlight the stories of courageous world travelers, creative wanderers, and digital nomads who share their incredible experiences of the world through their eyes. If you like traveling, this is what you need. So tune in. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to Chronicles Abroad. My name is Francis, And I'm Nubia. And we have another fantastic show for you. We actually have our first couple. First couple. So, Sandra and David Price, please introduce yourselves, even though I already said your names. Say hello. Hello. Hello, hello. hello. We are always talking to the solo travelers, so I'm excited to actually have conversation with a couple today. So thank you for being on our show. No problem. Oh, you're welcome. We are happy to be here on this awesome podcast. Yay. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so here's the story how I met these two. Okay. I was at a, it's not random, but I was at a Halloween pregame party at some folks that I've recently met and then I was like oh my god brown people <laughs> so, <laughs> I was like velcro I was like <laughs> I was like <laughs> let me talk to these guys let me uh get to know them and they were super cool and um we've been friends ever since and Sandra has actually been my dessert buddy so if you ever catch my Instagram <laughs> stories we're always <laughs> with the bakery shots and we're just the greedy girls eating desserts uh during the middle of the day so yes yes it's been uh fun exploring and getting lost in random places and the nooks and crannies of Nagoya station <laughs> and getting you to break your your diet for the day yes <laughs> So, guys, a lot had happened rather quickly prior to heading um, to Japan, and it was pretty much nonstop for you guys. Could you just share with our listeners how it all happened? So, basically what happened was uh, David had called me. I was still doing my graduate studies, and so I was in class one day, and David goes, I need to talk to you right now. And I was like, yeah, I can't talk right now. I'm in class. And he's like, well, can you step out? And he was like, oh, this got to be really crazy, because he never asks me to step out um, when I'm in school. And so he goes, hey, what do you think about going to Japan? I was like, what? <laughs> and so fast forwarding, we ended up, he ended up getting approved for his work to go to Japan and live for about, he's scheduled for a year. And then um, basically, I think we found out maybe in March or so that it was definitely certain. And then April, we kind of got engaged in oh, May. Kinda. Just yeah. kind of. You know, I just kind of fell into it. <laughs> just kind of happened. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, April, we got engaged. Mar May, we got married. June, I graduated. <laughs> and July, I packed up and moved to Michigan. And in August, David was in Japan. And in September, I came up to Japan. So yeah. that's pretty much been what? our... It yeah, was an understatement when I said it happened a lot, like really fast. <laughs> yeah, really, really fast. 
Wow. But you know, the great thing about it is so many people put these time limits on everything, right? It's even down to the fact of when you meet somebody, it's like, you don't want to call them too soon. You don't want to do this. You don't do that. You guys were like, just powering through. That's awesome. And you, you do it. If it feels right, you run with it. Like, you know what I mean? So that's amazing. Congratulations on all of the above, the the engagement, the the wedding, the move. I mean, you gonna tell us after the show or during the show, you know, is there anything cooking in the oven? I mean, you keep it going. <laughs> There's no cooking. The only buns are at the bakery. <laughs> stupid (laughs) i think it's awesome though that's amazing that is amazing (laughs) so how long were you guys dating prior to you know everything just kick-starting go ahead david (laughs) he's there somewhere lord i would say i would blame it on football sunday had he been in the states but y'all in japan so Mm -hmm. (laughs) david you up where do you go do we lose him can you guys hear him uh, now we oh, can. Uh, now we can. Oh, my okay. fault. Uh, my thing was on mute. Um, yeah. was, was a, <laughs> I was snacking on a Reese's Pizza, then one <gasps> yeah, That was the last one. <laughs> but she was a little sorry about that, but we were dating for about seven years, mostly throughout college, and then a little bit after I graduated uh, school from New York. Okay. Okay, good. So this yeah, wasn't... We a- had a little history. It wasn't just like, ah, uh, we getting married. We met like a year. Not there's anything wrong with that, but... Uh, we waited. We waited a bit for uh, to get married and whatnot. Okay, okay, that makes a little bit of sense. So, what were what what was your international travels like prior to you guys getting up and moving to Japan? Were you traveling together internationally? So, I think the only travel well, we did two two major trips together. One was like a cruise, and that was mostly the Caribbean. So that was uh, Belize. Uh, Bermuda. Not Bermuda. We went to Belize. Honduras. Honduras. There you go. Yeah, we went to Isla Rotan off of Honduras. Yep. Yeah. I went on the same cruise, girl. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys. <laughs> so you knew. You was like, not Bermuda. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, um, Bermuda's on the other side. But it, I get it. I get it. I get what you were trying to say. And so we did that trip. And then after that, we did uh, Jamaica which is also smooth. That was actually one of my favorite trips. So mostly, I've mostly traveled to the Caribbean. I've never been on this side of the world or had any thought prior coming to this side of the world prior to this um, opportunity that was presented to me for work. Okay, okay. Now I hear a lot of, I had a conversation with a young lady uh, the other day and she said um, that when she dates, she immediately says, you know, let's take a trip together because traveling Give their gives her a notion on whether or not she could deal with them long term. Mm. You know, because if you can travel together without killing each other, then there may be a possibility of another date. <laughs> uh, uh, I'll let Sandra go ahead and answer that. <laughs> um, I think so. I really do because there was a lot of like the cruise was the first time that we had spent a lot of time together, like day after day after day. Like we went to the same school, so we would see each other often, but it was like an hour at a time or maybe, you know, two hours at a time. And also I lived in New Jersey or well, actually I lived in Queens and he lived in Brooklyn, which is still a long distance relationship, regardless of what everybody thinks, because I think his car was in the shop one day and he took the train and met me in Queens. And he was like, I will never do this again. So let's enjoy today. (laughs) 
so we really had like a long distance relationship. But when we did the cruise, the cruise was like, I'm seeing him morning, noon and night and even in the middle of the night. And like, it's just like all the time. So you actually kind of like have a lot of time with this one person. And so you see their mannerisms, you see how they deal with certain things, you see how they deal with money. So I think it's a really big insight into like how you would be with this one person. I mean, would I go with go on a cruise or on a vacation with somebody I'd just been with like for a month? Probably not. But David and I had already dated maybe two years before we did that cruise. That cruise was actually my graduation gift from David. Aww. And so like we were like, I was like, what? Woo! Because I had just graduated from undergrad and he was like, yeah, let's go on a cruise. I was like, what? No way. But I was like, oh, shit, I got to tell my mom. <laughs> I'm going somewhere <laughs> with a boy. <laughs> That's awesome. So, cool. so it was it was definitely a nice insight. And so Jamaica was also one of my favorite trips. It was totally like took the reins on everything. And we didn't do a tour guide. We didn't do anything. I think we just kind of like booked an Airbnb and somebody told us it was a bus depot like 10 minutes down the block from where we lived, like a 10 minute walk. And we just kind of like got on a little, I guess, the Jamaican version of a tuk-tuk. And uh, <laughs> we went from one city to another city to another city. And we just really, really enjoyed our time there. And we did like the local stuff. So, yeah. So to me, that trip was like an adventure. And it was really, really awesome. So, David, uh, you're not a teacher. Can you tell us what you do? So I'm an engineer. I graduated a mechanical engineering degree. So basically, I'm an interior designer automotive company out here he makes cup holders since <laughs> <laughs> you be throwing him under the bus all the time lord a, girl I, but let me tell you when you go for shopping for a car the position of the cup holder is extremely important thank you <laughs> and i do not design cup holders um so job is mostly all the interior inside this vehicle um my group pretty much designed them. Basically, we split up part responsibilities so different engineers get different parts. Only components that we don't do are seats and basically the electronics. So everything else, which I feel is the most important part to a vehicle and selling a vehicle, which is the interior, is what we're responsible for in my group. I mean, you got to know where you're going to put your chains. You got to know where your, your cell phone can be. Yeah. You got to make sure the cup holder is in the right place because it makes no sense for the cup holder to be here if you're going to be doing it. Like, right. literally, there's a science to it. So I get it. I appreciate your work, David. Thank uh, you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say yes, because I think not too long ago, he finally started talking about the interiors of it. And I never even thought about the importance of you know those little handles like on top in the top of the the car where you like hold what do you call it david fist grips. oh fist grips yeah <clears throat> so i didn't even think about the fact that like when you get into a car accident and like your airbag deploys that those things could shatter into a million pieces and like knock you out in your head but apparently that's a very big you know part of the whole interior of the car so i was like oh shit that's kind of cool <laughs> david's out here saving lives exactly are you referring to the ones that are above the ones that you can hold on to in order to get into the car right. yeah mm -hmm. oh so those aren't actually those are actually dangerous or those are no no, no. So they're, they're, they're literally to help you get out the vehicle but they do evaluations for like when you do get in like a, a accident on the car hits you from the side if they come out or whatever <laughs> Or like uh, your head hits it 
what's the force that's applied to your head or whatnot, and is that a safe amount of force? So, mm-hmm. so basically, in order to say, we can take a certain amount of force, our bodies are able to certain amount of force, so what's an acceptable amount, what we pretty much study. Okay. Awesome. You know, we're more than just travel. We provide tips, resources, and hacks for the curious traveler in you. So whether you're a lover of travel or just someone who is ready for a change, we have something for everyone. So David, what is it? What's it like working for a Japanese corporation? Uh, it's, it's definitely different, uh, but... I mean, I've been working with these guys since, what, four years now? I think this makes four years. From in the States, there's, like, there's like no Japanese people, really, to be honest with you. It's like, maybe you got, like, one coordinator, which is, like, a manager level or what, whatnot. But you come here, and it's it takes a, it took a while for me to get used to because they don't involve you as much. And this this is my difference from company to company because I hear, like, people that work at, like, Mitsubishi, they're like, yeah, they love us. Like, we work hard, and, like, they include us. But here, I felt as though, because of the language barrier, because they want to get the work done as fast as possible, they might not give you as much as they do uh, people that are native or that are within the group that are Japanese. So it kind of feels like you're left out, but at the same time, I understand we have a job to get done. It's going to take you a lot longer for you to explain it to me than for you to explain it to someone else. So, so that's like the only thing. But other than that, yo, they're super nice. They like to go out a lot. Like They have parties when I came. I, I was like, yo, my group back home in the U.S., I was just like, I don't ever remember them taking me out or, you know, paying for my food like that. Like, these guys, yo, first, like, first month I came here, I probably had, like, two or three parties. And they weren't all for me, but they were just, like, a party to celebrate a new person in the group welcome, like a welcome party. So it's definitely, it feels good when you do come here, but it just definitely has a little shortcoming. Well, I heard the Japanese get turned, okay? They do. So your, mm-hmm. your liver, your liver needs to be right if you're gonna it, be it in Japan. Right. <laughs> I consider myself a drinker too, so like I was just like when they had me that one day I was just like, man, I'm not even trying to drink no more, man. Like <laughs> got me fucked messed up. So no, they they can definitely they could definitely drink and put it back. Yeah, yeah, but also I hear it's customer it's customary to accept the drink or accept the food, especially if it's a elder or superior yeah. versus, you know, it's, it's really considered not good to turn down. Right. So especially in the work, working industry, it's like we were at a Christmas party and I said, I was like, man, I'm not even trying to drink no more. I'm trying to cut down, lose weight. I'm trying to get right for summer, you know, and I was trying to do, you know, a little early before New Year's and we set a new resolution. And it's at our Christmas party, a guy asked me, hey, you know, let me pour you some beer. I was like, no, 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 I'm good. I'm going to drink water. And it, the look he gave me was like, what? <laughs> you, you grabbed <laughs> your like, cup real quick. was like, here you go. Go ahead. Give me the beer. <laughs> I mean, I was like, no, I was stuck. I was like, man, I'm not drinking. I'm not doing it. I don't care who you are. But yeah, he gave, the look he gave me, he's my, he's not even my manager. He's my manager's manager. So it's just like, shit. I look back on it. I was like, maybe I should have just drank that beer and then been cool but i mean i didn't really see any fallback from it but i was like sometimes i think about it yeah maybe i should have just drank that beer maybe we would have had a close relationship but well obviously the look was enough that it's embedded in your head because you're just like <laughs> <laughs> something happened something yeah. happened at them, yeah. you know what i mean yeah 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 it, it was like yeah i noticed this i was i right, so what i do it again no no 
gonna I'm gonna take it. But if they don't offer me and they just like everybody can order what they want, I'm gonna go with water. I'm good. Got it. So Sandra, you were in school getting your graduate, you said, when he you got the call? Yes, yes, exactly. So were you able to finish prior to move before moving to Japan or what is oh. what has happened for you? Oh yeah, yeah. So I graduated in June. Um, I got my master's in public administration. And so it was just perfect timing. Like everything that happened just happened really well. And I mean, it was a little bit of a struggle because I was doing planning for the wedding. I was also in my internship. I was also doing my regular schoolwork and I was also working. So, I mean, it was a lot to kind of manage, but hey, I did it and it was pretty awesome. And then like packing was, I think I hate packing. I hate packing and I hate unpacking. <laughs> you so, and everybody else. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will say though, like I, I traveled with one of my girlfriends before, like before we, all of this even happened. I think it was maybe before I started my master's or right when I was kind of getting on to my, I think it was, I want to say 2015. So we were traveling to Dubai and India. And when we got to Dubai and we opened up in our hotel room, she opened up her suitcase. I was like, oh. it was like she had got packing down to a science. I mean, she had these little dividers and these, like she had a, a little like netted sack for her undergarments. Oh, the, she had the packing cubes. Yeah. I was like, what? What just like, yo, she had it down to a science. Like I knew every one of those little cubes was, you know, measured so she was overweight she knew she could take this bag out and she'd be right there like it was I mean I hate packing and unpacking but she made me want to pack all the time <laughs> well you might need to introduce her to a couple of us out here because I uh, dreading <laughs> dreading packing believe me and I thought I was gonna backpack through Southeast Asia that shit was like not happening <laughs> <laughs> I mean, living out of a bag or out of a suitcase is not nice at all. No. So one of my friends, she actually is one of those people that will backpack. And she backpacked through, like, Cambodia, through Singapore, through, like, and she was, like, she was kind of trailing over from, I, I want to say, like, well, anyway, her end game was Bangladesh. But I remember her while she was traveling and I spoke to her and she was like, yeah, I just got my backpack and me. And I was like, OK. And she hadn't even figured out like where she was going to stay. But the thing is, she was telling me, like, even sometimes while you travel, you bump into so many different people that they'll always hook you up with like a hostel and whatever, whatever. But in terms of just her and her backpack, I was like, wow. And you can see like in her picture, she's pretty much wearing the same things over and over again. And I was like, girl, you could pull that off. Go for it. <laughs> we, we ain't gonna talk about that green jacket that some people be wearing. <laughs> Are we doing that? Oh, we got two today, girl. Okay. You know, I can be real savage, Nuji. Like, I'm, I'm trying to be nice. I didn't say no names. You know, I, didn't I, can, say no I names. can be vicious. I did not <laughs> I'm nice. I'm nice. <laughs> All I said was the green jacket. It could have been dated. I love that jacket, damn it. <laughs> it's comfortable and it's lightweight. I, I, I get you. Thank you. Thank you, dude. Whatever. So, Sam, what are you doing in Japan? So, I am a professional housewife. I I'm do like everything. 
I dibble and dabble here and there. But, I mean, I've really taken, I think I've taken into learning about the culture because really and truly it's me that goes out into the world of Nagoya, you know. I have to deal with the grocery people, the people in the stores, the shops. And so I pick up Japanese a little bit more, I feel. And also I have a, a Japanese tutor. And so she teaches me things. And so like when I'm like, hey, I need to go to the fish market. Like, what do I ask? And so she'll tell me. I also was kind of teaching a little bit on the side. I had a couple of students that I private tutor. I've had the option to teach in a school, but that's kind of like gotten a little bit less and less appealing the longer I've been here. And also I just kind of do things like read a couple of books here and there and I take some online courses. So it's like I really have the gift of time and I pick and choose what I can do. And I also meet Francis from time to time, go shopping and eat a whole bunch of sweets. <laughs> nice. You are there. living the life, girl. There are so many women right now that are like, that's the shit I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, yes. How's the transition been for you though? It's been it's been uh, a little tough, really, because I mean, yes, you know, a lot of women look at my life and they're like, oh, my God, I wish I could do that. And I'm like, yes, you do. But I just recently graduated, you know, so my mindset was like, you know, because I've had such a, a short time, like I never really sat down and really be like, OK, what can I do with all this time? And I really should have. But I really didn't. I was it was like total time crunch. You know what I mean? And so. Ideally, when I graduated, I wanted to start working right away and trying to like get my career rolling. But hey, it didn't work out that way. And so now I've been trying to figure out like how to use my time and manage my time really well. And so it's been a little bit of a struggle, but I'm working on it. <laughs> okay. I mean, well, have you thought about um, international corporations that are based in Japan? Because Japan is a, a big hub. I don't know about Nagoya necessarily. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't know. I've looked into a couple of international ones, but also it's kind of tricky in terms of how I work because I'm under a spousal visa for David, like through David. Mm -hmm. So it's it's a different scenario altogether. But right now, I think looking that we're probably going to go back in September, I'm already looking for applying to jobs back in Michigan where we will be returning. Oh, so you guys are returning back to the States. Yeah, 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 we will. I mean, we're here only for a year, I think. And so, I mean, it's totally up to David, I think, and also like what they kind of involve him in in projects, but yeah. Got David. it. <laughs> okay. I mean, but that's no that's a good point because a lot of times people don't understand the visa situation and what that looks like and and what you can and cannot do on certain visas. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, it's all per country, not every country has you know, all the options, but like in Thailand, you would need to have your own either education or work visa or self-defense visa in order to do those things. So I totally get it. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what, is, what has it been like to be a married couple of color living on the east side? Because this is not New York. Oh, gosh, I got stories for you guys. <laughs> Drum roll, please. <laughs> so, I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's an awesome thing. I So David has a lot of coworkers that are not married, that are single. And so, you know, from time to time, they're like, oh, yeah, David's like the married guy. <laughs> and so I think I went away for two weeks. I went to to Egypt and he was here by himself. And so 
he I think that's when he was like kind of living the the low-key bachelor life and like hanging out with his friends all the time so when I came back his friends was like all right I'm returning David back to you now (laughs) (laughs) but also piece of prop yeah (laughs) but also I think it's kind of interesting because like there there is a lot of other expats here who are married and so we usually get together to like the little housewives in Nagoya and so they tell me a couple of stories about like how they're like I, I know one of them lives in like a in a building that's like the mistress building like only mistresses live in there and so like the husbands will come and like visit these women on certain certain I guess during the week and then during the weekends they go home and to their families and so that's I think that's a big thing that I don't think it's really spoken of but it is very prominent in the the Japanese culture the whole like mistress game and so like David and I will go out to parties and like David will get you know checked out a couple of times and I'm just like oh lord <laughs> so chocolate yes <laughs> they do they do want that I mean they want foreigners they love yeah. their foreigners like mm-hmm. I realized that I don't I mean I particularly don't know how Japanese men are but for whatever reason, I think Japanese women are very attracted. So, like, I can be standing right next to David and somebody will be checking David out. Like, no no shame in their game kind of deal. And I think at one point we were trying to leave one of the clubs and I was putting my jacket on. And this girl's, like, charging for David. And his friend is like, whoa, he's married. <laughs> and I was like, thanks, Kenan. I appreciate that. <laughs> Damn, but they, charging, huh? And I'm sure David loves it. David eats it up. Like I'm chopped liver over here, you know. But David gets David gets a lot of attention. We could be going to Zara and he gets a lot of attention. He would be like, <laughs> I'm, I'm hot on these streets. <laughs> oh, hilarious. I love it. I love it. David, don't be, listen, David, don't let nobody see you walking up in that building now. You're going to stand out like a sore thumb, tell you right now. <laughs> I saw David walking through. No comment. No comment. Because <laughs> he knows it's so true. It is. It is. It, it's so, I mean, I think it's kind of like, I really do feel like it's it's curiosity for them and that they do want to know more about different cultures. But at the same time, I think the way their society is all about non-inclusiveness and they're very like homogenous. So it's they're also scared to kind of like step out, I think. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they are very curious, I think. Well, speaking of stepping out, since this is you guys first time actually living abroad, correct? As a couple and or as individuals. Yeah. What is the, or what has been some of the biggest culture shock that you've experienced while living in Japan? Uh, can I give you my first one? I'll let Sandra take the second one. <laughs> my first one was uh, walking. Walking was a very, yeah. so coming from Michigan, so coming from New York, I was used to just, yeah, I got, I got to walk to the I walk up a couple blocks or whatever, go somewhere. But then I got a judgment from Michigan life and Michigan. I'm just driving everywhere, blah 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 blah. But here, my God, yo, I don't know. I don't know if it's like a couple of kilometers to go to you know, to work, but it's a journey to walk from work. So I must say, like the walking was a little bit of a culture shock for me. I don't know if the culture thing was just about Japan uh, in retrospect. So that did take a while to get. But now I kind of enjoy walking, walking all over the place. 
that was my one big thing. Walking. Well, at least you got the exercise now. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's Southeast Asia because I wasn't like I never walked everywhere, but moving to Southeast Asia and Asia, I've walked everywhere, and yeah. it's just something I love to do. I don't know. So, oh, y'all, I jump on my bike and I keep it moving. There's a Tesco Lotus around the corner, and I be right on my bike. <laughs> 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 I, I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to. It's like I don't. I don't care to walk everywhere anymore because it gets hot. Once it gets hot. I'm good. It's burning up in Thailand. It's hot right now. Really? really? <laughs> oh, my bad. I'm sorry. It's cold. Oh, it's not hot in Thailand. Freezing my ass over here. It is it's definitely <laughs> cold. Yeah, I mean, when we first got here, we did the bike thing. And we, we did the bike thing to Nagoya Castle. And, you know, it's fun and all, but I can't do the bike thing for a long time. My, my, my butt cheeks hurt after a while, so I can't do it too long. <laughs> and the worst part was when we were coming back from Nagoya Castle, like we got lost. And I was just like, I can't do this anymore. And it was hot back then, and he, uh, too. But now, because it's cold, I can't, I can't get on a bike. That wind will kill me. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm sure. We, I don't have yeah. those problems. Oh, excuse me. Excuse me. My excuse bad. me. <laughs> Um, oh, man. And what about you? What's your culture shock? I think my culture shock with Japan is really and truly how homogenous they are. I mean, it's so Japanese. <laughs> when I first came here, I went downstairs to the food court. We have like a little shopping area kind of thing downstairs. And it's like the grocery store. You have food court. So I sat down. I got my, my I ordered my food and went back. And then when I picked, so when I sat down, there was like a little girl and her mom. And then when I left to go get my food and come back, they had already moved like three tables down. And I was like, wait, what happened? (laughs) And it kind of just made me feel like, oh, wow, like, oh, they're racist. I can't believe that. Like, why would they, you know? But then the more I really started to like hang around and really like get to know certain people, you realize that they are very, they're not totally open to foreigners also because they don't know what to I guess because they don't know like anything different than Japanese uh, cultures and norms and so maybe they're not so open to letting their kids feel that way too but the building that we live in is kind of a lot of foreigners are here and so you see you see some Japanese people that are like kind of open to foreigners so they'll say ah konbanwa or like ohayagozaimasu and they'll greet you and all that stuff but then there's a couple that just kind of like look down get in the elevator push their button and keep it moving so I think it's kind of like right now it's at a point where they want to move forward and get involved with the rest of the people but you, you always have a couple few, you know, that aren't so willing. So I think that was like my biggest culture shock with the whole Japanese culture. To, to add to that, whenever I take the train, sometimes like nobody wants to sit next to you. Like literally, I, yeah, Same like, here. like a whole, like the whole bench would be open. Right. And then they'll look at my side and they'll, they'll see another seat on the other side and they got to squish up with the Japanese, the rest of the Japanese and come sit next to me. I was like, I mean, I don't care. But that was just something I picked up on. Sometimes some people, they don't care. They'll sit next to you. Like in the morning, they really don't care. They'll sit next to you because they're super tired. But they're like, when you're coming back from work, that's when they kind of space out. I was like, all right, they don't want you. That works about me. Yeah, I can totally relate to that because I take the train on Mondays to see a private client. And 
be a bunch of folks coming in. They'll look at my seat and then go sit somewhere else. Look at my seat and then go sit somewhere. So rarely yeah. I have somebody that sit next to me. Yeah. Sometimes, like even in the gym, there's a lot of like I, I always tell Francis, like, "Yo, oh, Francis, they always stare at me." <laughs> I think it was just like maybe last week or the week before that I was having trouble with some weights and somebody actually came over to help me. Like not one of the gym staff, somebody that was working out came over and helped me. And I was just like, oh, so good. Like, <laughs> you know, like they were actually helping me out. And I've never had that before. Like I've never had any interaction with anybody at the gym aside from the staff people. And so that was to me kind of, and like, you know, David over here, we're having like a whole bunch of friends at the gym and I'm just like, do I smell? Like I be sniffing myself. Like <laughs> David has, I know. And I really, What's wrong would, with me? I really would look at it and be like, I don't understand. Like, it's so confusing. How is it that? And this is at the gyms. There's no like, there's really no div- like division. Like at work, you know, you have to interact at work. At the gym, you don't have to interact with anybody. But at the same time, like David's over here making friends at the gym and I'm here, I just go in, do my workout, leave. I make no friends. <laughs> and sometimes at You know the what, gym, that's a male and female thing too. I think male travelers just have it differently than female travelers. I, or maybe I'm it, just a lot cooler. Maybe that's oh. You know, can we mute him? Can we mute him? (laughs) So silly. Maybe, maybe, maybe it is that David's a lot cooler. But David does have a cool factor in Japan, I will say. When I first came here, it was my first week in Japan. David said, hey, let's go out to eat. We'll go to a restaurant down the block. And I was like, cool. And this restaurant's like super narrow, like the stairs that go up to the second floor. And so we're coming back downstairs after we finish our meal and we're paying. And like, I didn't even notice, but this guy had followed David down the stairs and started squeezing him muscles. And I'm looking, I'm like, wait, what just happened? Like, did he just squeeze your muscles? Like, what? I was so baffled. I was like... I mean, I'm, I was low-key happy it was a guy and not a girl, but at the same time, I was just like, mm. I don't know how this, like, and David was like, this happens all the time. Like, they'll just come up, they squeeze my chest, they squeeze my arms, and I'm just like, maybe it's just because you're big and black, David. <laughs> <laughs> David's going to walk around like... <laughs> <laughs> It's interesting that you say that because I have a friend of mine, a high school friend, and we've kind of kept in touch and he lives in Singapore and he's been abroad for decades. Mm-hmm. And he talks about, and he's like, a, you know, bigger, a little heavy set, you know, white man. And he talks about how sometimes they will try to grab his ass. Like they'll grab him and touch him and feel up on him. And, just like, <laughs> and he's married with three kids, you know, <laughs> it's just like, why are you guys, but they're just But they're not so curious enough to sit with, curious. sit next to you on the train. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Eh, you know what can you do? You're in, you're in Asia. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Yeah, Lausanne. I think I think she was in Egypt. No, she wasn't in Egypt. Um, but we had went to Osaka, and we went to a nightclub, and like, like so said, I, I get a lot of attention, and I'm, I'm guessing because I'm. But one of the things like this dude touching my ass like drums like while we were in the club, and I was like, "Yo, what are you doing? Like, you can't like in the U.S." That 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 would have turned out like yo, what the fuck? Can I curse on the interview? No. Yeah. No, you can't curse. You can't curse. <laughs> yes, fine. you can curse all you want. Oh so I was, yeah. I was, I was about to. Get, I was gonna get hot. You can. But then then you catch where you at and you're just like, oh no, these people are like 
there's no threat here. It's just like he just they just don't know. And so I was just like, nah, chill out. But I was just like, these dudes are really fascinated with me. And I've never it took a while to get used to to have like another dude like, hey. It was just weird. It took a while to get used to I'm to, sure. to have that much love from another dude or him bring his girlfriend to watch me dance. I was just like, girl, you could be making, girl, you could be making a side hustle. I'll be like, Here, right, David look, out. I'm in, right? <laughs> you want a picture? Okay, yin. <laughs> That's so funny. Oh my goodness. I mean, yeah, I, I really think that, and even like when it comes to just being in a club. It's definitely, <laughs> and that's, a, that's, I think, another part of the culture here when you do go to a club. Aside from the fact that everybody's just drunk, but it's, it's so interesting how hip-hop here is a big thing. Oh, my God. Like, it yeah. cracks me up. I mean, we're from, we're from New York, so we're kind of used to the club scene and how things go out there. And so we come here and we're just like, eh, this isn't all that great. But then you see how people over here react to these hip-hop songs. Like, these people don't even speak English all that well, but they know all the lyrics to, like, a Cardi B song or, you know, uh, a little Uzi Vert song or whatever it is. But it's definitely interesting to see how they kind of I want to say mimic, mimic the the culture because mm-hmm. I really don't think they understand it. And we went to Tokyo and there was like these couple of guys like in VIP that were trying to be as hip hop as possible. And it was just, it was just funny. Cause like they were drunk. And so like, we kind of like crossed paths and they bumped into me and I'm just like, you know, me, I, and this is, I was still very new here. I wasn't, you know, I still had like New York mentality where like know your space, stay away from my my bubble. And if you invade it, you know, it's like, what's your problem kind of deal. They bumped into me and Tavis like, calm down, Sandra, calm down. It's all right. They're drunk. They're drunk. They're drunk. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll let it go. But then they go back to their VIP section and they flip me off. And I'm just like, wait, what? Like I was so lost. They flipped you off? Yeah. So when they bumped into me, I kind of like, reacted a little bit and David was like Mm -hmm. calm down calm down but they waited until they're back to the VIP section to like get all hood on me you know and I was like I see you I see I see (laughs) right but I'm gonna let it go because I just got to Japan (laughs) look you'd be like cash me outside yeah. See, sometimes I get a little pet. No, I'd have to walk over there and stand right yeah, next to Yeah, but I really, sometimes I really feel like they're just fascinated. Yeah. Like, we were in Toyotashi, another city here, and we were walking to the mall, and there were these little uh, a group of girls, and they kept staring at us the entire time. And I was just like, oh, it's their problem. And then, like, I, they kept looking at, like, went in, like, V-shaped pathway and so they were on like side and we were on the left side and so I looked across eventually and I just waved hello and they got so excited I thought I was a superstar I kept waving I was like hey I said damn I should have given them my autograph (laughs) yeah it just takes a hello they literally light up sometimes you know it's the the younger ones especially do you ever get when they um are standing there and they do one of these numbers with the phones and they're like they put the phone up and they try to get a picture of you without you looking. <laughs> or, you know, I've had people like turn to the side and they look like they're trying to take a selfie with me in the background. And I'm just like, <laughs> and I'll, I literally, I go right into form. I'd be like, 
Jeez. Oh. <laughs> or I'll just come right over and I'll just put my arm around them and be like, come on, take a picture. And they're just like, yay. Like, you know, she's going to take the picture. But once you open that door, once you mm-hmm. open that Pandora's box, you can get a whole neighborhood around you. Because I've had <laughs> literally, I've had big families, like, you know, hold the baby, then you take the picture, then they want the grandfather. <laughs> then, you know, as, you, as you know, Asians, Asians roll like, they roll it's deep. True. They, they yes. both yes. So, yes. Like, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm from India, and my family rolls deep. That's why well, you you never want to have a wedding in India, because then you're like, well, three thousand people are going to attend, and I'm like, what? And this was the case for my cousin. She had three thousand people at her wedding, and I was like, you don't know three thousand people. Stop it. Is that the whole like <laughs> the whole country? Like, I mean, <laughs> okay, so. The entire village. Okay, the so entire village. speaking of weddings in India, right? So you guys mm-hmm. got married in the States. Do you plan on having Indian wedding? And now that we have formally met, you know, can can I come? <laughs> <laughs> okay. I already got the entrance. I always want to go to an Indian wedding because I heard it's fabulous. So we actually, since everything was super quick for us, we had a little itty bitty tiny wedding. And David was always like, he wanted a huge party. I had a tiny party. We're used to having super big weddings, but it's also because a lot of my family isn't in the U.S. They're actually in India. And so even if we were to have a wedding in India, I think it would be super huge. But I honestly, to be very honest with you, I don't plan on having one there. Nope. That's right. <laughs> selfish asses. Y'all being selfish. Nubia trying to go to India. <laughs> Oh, she could definitely come visit me in India, no problem. You know, I'm already coming. <laughs> but it's just, I hate big weddings. Growing up as, as, as a little girl, everybody used to talk about their dream weddings. And I, was used, I used to tell all my friends, you don't have to get dressed up for my wedding. Because my wedding is going to be a little, I do barbecue in the backyard. And that's kind of low-key what me and David had on like a little classier scale, <laughs> you know? <laughs> You wore a suit and gown. Yeah, yeah, we did. (laughs) A t-shirt. I got David to wear a nice little Indian outfit. And, you know, he came out looking like Sir Rajasthan. (laughs) And it was just, it was just, it was nice. You know, it was nice to have a little tradition to our our wedding. But we definitely kept it super low-key. We did. Okay. Well, with you living on this side of the earth, I mean, do you Mm -hmm. plan on going over to India since you're already in Asia? Yes. So I definitely wanted to go, but right now, like, David's not a heat person. He hates the heat. He's very miserable in the heat. (laughs) We wanted to go, like, in May, but Mm -hmm. my grandparents were like, he's going to be miserable. Like, and we had planned to do, you know, the Taj Mahal and then go down on the, to Goa and then go to Chennai and stuff. But it's just like, you don't want to go to the Taj Mahal when it's too hot because they make you do that barefoot. The marble is super hot. <laughs> so mm-hmm. there's no exceptions at all. Like you want to go visit the Taj Mahal in the, in the, in the heat, you can, but you got to do it barefoot. So, well, that's good to know. It's a little yeah. tip that I didn't know about. Yeah, I mean, it's same with the cold because it does get cold over there. So, you know. I you didn't wanna, know that either. Yeah. When it's cold or too hot, you don't want to go. You want to go when the, perf- when the weather is just perfect. And I heard the... The best time to go, I think, is in either February or in um, October, I think. Mm. Well, that's good yeah. to know. 
Yeah, and like I feel like I feel like nobody really thinks about the weather when you travel sometimes. Like you just yeah. know, no, I just wanna, I, I just wanna go. <laughs> you know, I let Nubia talk me into some some bullshit. You know what I'm saying? So we go to Vietnam and the north during <gasps> December. North no, Vietnam too. it's cold. I was like, thank God for my green jacket. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that green jacket was good for her because I was coming off of a trip from Bali, so I had nothing but tropical clothes. Oh, no. So yeah, it was, it was poor planning. But it, it was very out. poor planning. And the thing about it is, I've traveled more than enough to have known better, but it was yeah. Yeah, I mean that's one thing that we had to keep in mind when I traveled to Dubai with my girlfriend. You have to pack for both fall and the heat. So we did a tour, and you do. You go pretty much, you start off in the afternoon and then you go well into the night, maybe like 10 at night. But at 10 at night, you're in the desert because you just finished up like eating. There's like a eating thing in the desert or whatever. So you have dinner yeah, in the with desert. the belly dances and all that. Good yes. Yeah. So when you're on your way there, you want to be in a T-shirt and some, you know, tights. But at night, oh, my God, I could not believe how cold it got. I was just like, put me in the car. I need to get back in the car and put the heat on because it's so cold and you know, you want to be comfortable where you go. So sometimes looking at the weather is the best thing to do when you travel. True. Like this girl here, Solid right? Advice. This is girl here. And, uh, <laughs> she was so happy she came over yesterday. And she's like, Nubia, I just booked a ticket to London. I'm going and da 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 da. And I was like, oh, from here? And I was like, you would pick one of the most, ex- like it's on the other scale of the spectrum, right? I'm like, you would yeah. pick a place. That is super duper fucking expensive. A, mm-hmm. B is cold as shit <laughs> and wet. And she, and I was giving her all, and she was just. I mean, her whole face went from excitement to like you popped her bubble. <laughs> so the fact that you guys are looking at potentially going back to the states, do you think you'll get hit with that reverse culture shock going back? How do you, you know, what do you think's gonna happen when you hit the states? I ain't gonna have you the toilets no more. <laughs> You gonna miss the toilets? Isn't that some shit? <laughs> so stupid. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm gonna miss yeah. the pit stops. Like, yo, I've never seen clean bathrooms mm-hmm. on on the highway. I'm just like, oh, yeah, you guys know exactly what you guys are doing, man. You want to say some shit is dirty? Mm-hmm. You don't want to take a shit there. Here, yo, you will take a shit at the, at the truck stop. No lie, it feel comfy and don't feel guilty about it at all. <laughs> You're oh so my ridiculous. God. Yes. <laughs> yeah, not in Thailand. You better go squat oh, every- I'm good on Thailand. I, I went there. We went there over Christmas break. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> okay. Nah, cause you went. You went to Phuket, man. Nah. You gotta give another chance. Nah. <laughs> I'm telling you, I, you, that you went to the most touristy area of Thailand. Yeah. Like there's just all right, no way you're gonna have right. the local you, experience. You might be right. Maybe next you time. You gotta come up here to change my life. Chiang Mai is a totally different all right. Mm. All right. All right. What else? What else am I gonna miss? I'm gonna miss the food, to be honest with you. Food out here is amazing. Like and I think I don't know if the food is, is healthy. No, I can't say it. it is healthy. It feels I feel like it's less processed. Also, they eat a lot more veggies than I would back home. Yeah. What else is gonna be a culture shock? Oh, people being nice. That's mm-hmm. that's yep gonna be yeah super nice here. and i think we had a we had a home leaf trip to go back to the states and we're going through customs and you know how they have that custom window where they, they scan your passport or whatever 
You know, when you come to Japan, they're super nice. Oh, please go here. Da, 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 da. We went back to the States. Oh, you're so mean. Just go there. Just go, <laughs> just go there. Like, <laughs> the lady doesn't even speak English. Like, oh, but, golly. Yeah. So that's what I'm Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I... When I went back, I, I experienced the same thing within maybe 10 minutes of me landing. Somebody was so rude. I tapped into my New York self real quick. I'm like, nah, you get paid to do this, so you're going to have time for me. Like, <laughs> and, like, I was waiting on my carousel for my bags, and I was just like, oh, I miss Japan's just orderly, routine, quick to service everything. I mean, oh, my God. It was just... Like, you never wait more than, I think, 10 minutes at a carousel in the airport in Japan. Your your bag is there. You could pick it up and leave right away. You're never taking more than maybe half an hour to check out of the airport. Whereas in when I landed in Michigan, I was waiting for my bags for, like, 30 minutes because I, I followed the signs, but the signs lied to me, you know? So it was it was a hot mess. So I will miss the routines and the services that we do get here and the nice people. I will. And the no tipping no. part. Mm. Yeah, Japan is super efficient. And the what? <laughs> no tipping oh. <laughs> No, I'm, he had to say that. Like, I, I, I love that. No I love tipping. that we don't have to tip anybody here, you know? I think I think it's an, it's an awesome concept. Like in the States, <laughs> in the States, I'm like, damn, I, I, I got to make sure he doesn't spit in my food. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't mind tipping as long as if you know you give me good service. Right. Yeah. But here, there's no re- no need for it. Right. Yeah. So sometimes that's won't all accept I get. It, I was so. like, I don't need to. Still gonna get good service, and I, I appreciate that. Like in the states, mm-hmm. like, if you get shitty service, you're still kind of obligated to tip because you know that person's not making that much money during the hour or whatever. So yeah. That, that was like my 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 big thing. I was just like, wow, these people are genuinely nice to you. What else am I gonna? Go ahead, no, go ahead. Now, so what have you guys learned about yourselves uh, individually uh, and maybe together since being on this journey? Uh, I'll let Sandra talk first because I got to think about that more. <laughs> <laughs> I really have learned that when you're in a new country, and not to say that I'm here by myself, but in essence, I really am here by myself because David works from like, you know, he's out of the door at 6.45 in the morning and he doesn't come back until like 9.30, 10 o'clock sometimes. So it's it's really me here on this journey by myself and I've learned that sometimes I can kind of crawl like dig a hole and crawl into it really well but you need to be very social and I think that's what helps you still you know get out and go into the surroundings a little bit and I think being social is a, a is as much as I could do it really well I also tend to go into my my own closet sometimes so I've learned that being social and being really outgoing is a big part of life, you know? And so I've made the effort to kind of do that a lot more. And it's easy and it's also hard because you have so many different characters around here. You know, the housewives are awesome, but do I like doing everything that they like to do? No, like I have my own interests. And sometimes I just want to be able to spend time with David. But, you know, it's all about balance. And I think my time here, I've been learning to be a little bit more outgoing and social and also be more like learning to just be better at time management and things like that. Cause all I got is time <laughs> here, you know? So it's, I'm learning that how important it is to really manage it really well. 
uh, that's what I've been learning about myself over here. Uh, for me, uh, I would have to say that, I mean, I kind of got a hint of it when I was back in Michigan, but I kind of realized it here. The nine to five is not the way to go. Kind of want to, I just provide me a little bit more freedom and wherever I work, I need to be able to go home and spend time with my wife, spend time with my future family and whatnot. I think that's a little bit more important to me. And it kind of took some time. I realize it here because I'm kind of away a lot of the time. It's one thing I learned about myself. Also, I like traveling, to be honest with you. I like, I know when I was in Michigan, I don't remember, you know, wanting to travel all over the place. And I find myself, hey, yo, I want to go here. I want to check out this prefecture, plan it out. Or like, yo, let's go to the Philippines or let's go to Thailand. And maybe because, you know, we're an agent, it's all new. And that's why. But I realized that back in the States, there's a lot of places that I don't know. And I know that when I do go back, that I will be traveling to like places like Arizona that or like place like uh, Philadelphia or anywhere just to see what they have to offer and see what it's like being there. So I think that's one of the good things that I've learned or will be taken back once I do go back. Yeah, I think being on this side of the world is a little bit more beneficial because everything is just so close. And I think if you find the right time to go somewhere, I think there's so many opportunities to really just make that hop, skip and a jump and you're in a totally brand new country with different cultures and experiences. So I think it's pretty cool being on this side of the world. I agree. I agree. So what advice would you guys give to some folks who are interested in Hmm. doing exactly what you do? Well, I think, go ahead, David. No, 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 go ahead. (laughs) I think the biggest advice that I could give somebody is, I mean, you kind of have to be smart about it, but sometimes you just have to do it. You just have to look at the flight, and if you see a flight that's within your budget and you can afford to kind of do it, I wouldn't even think too hard about it. I just hit the buy ticket option, you know what I mean? I really, really love traveling, and I started as as early as I could. I remember we had the opportunity to do our first cruise with my girlfriends, and we had all just turned 21. (laughs) So we had booked this cruise, and it was amazing. And that was actually, so that's another reason I love Jamaica, because when I did the cruise the first time around, we did go to Jamaica, and we did the tour for, oh, what are those falls? Dunn River. Yeah, Dunn's River Falls. We did the tour guide for Dunn's River. And it was was nice, you know, it was nice. But then when I went back and I did it with David, we didn't do the tour thing. We just kind of like, yeah, let's just trek it up ourselves. And it's so much more fun when you don't do it with a tour guide. You know, the tour guides, they're usually like, you know, responsible for you. They they have that liability issue. And so they're going to do the safest thing possible. But when you want to like do just you and you explore and you get adventurous and we went and we took all these amazing views because you get to go in the middle of these falls and you see there's little pools in each of these little hills. And it was amazing. So I think people should just take the opportunity and just go somewhere, you know, not think about it too much and just really enjoy every experience. Because I guarantee you, when you travel and you go to these different places and you experience different cultures it's I I don't think it really compares to saving the dollar that you can just let sit in a bank you know what I mean like certain experiences are really just awesome like I went to Egypt and it was 
amazing. Like I had such a great time and I learned about the cultures there and I ate the food. I ate pigeon. I never, like I'm from New York. We don't eat pigeons. Pigeons <laughs> carry diseases. If you're from New York, you look at a pigeon um, and you're like, like shoot, shoot, shoot. But I went to Egypt yeah. and I ate a pigeon <laughs> and it was, it so, was so good. So, so I know stuff like that is delicacies out here. Shit. Dog <laughs> is a delicacy in China. You don't eat them either. Yeah. <laughs> but I try it. I get it. I get it. So it's time to dive deep and look into the holistic perspective of travel. We believe traveling is an investment in you. So our mission is to inspire you to book that flight, check that item off your bucket list and go on that adventure. And our hope is to ignite connections all over the world. What kind of advice would you give couple, you know, who... One person, like yourself, David, had got the job and like yourself, Sandra, have you had your own dreams and aspirations. How did you make that work? Because I think as a couple, you know, it's so much more difficult to get abroad because you have the two different personalities and the two different, you know, ideas about what your life may look like. You tap into that a little bit on what kind of advice would you give a couple who is considering moving abroad or got an opportunity to go abroad? So first of all, let's listen to all the episodes on Chronicles Abroad. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Appreciate you, brother. My biggest thing is just, and I think we kind of fell short on that, but my biggest thing was make sure you have a plan. A lot of people, just, I mean, like Sonia said, just kind of have that mentality, just do it, but then also have a plan of, yo, all right, if we go here, what does that mean for you? What does that mean for me? And make sure you have that understanding with one another that, hey, you're, you're going to be home a lot of times and only work. And are you going to be okay with that? And then have a plan once you guys come back, like, hey, now you're going to be the head of the household. You're going to be doing this or whatever your expectations are with one another. So I think when you travel, not only Japan, or when, you, when you can go anywhere, I think that's uh, important to make sure you have that plan. Also, I think it's good to, like on Wednesdays, I'll come home early. So like I'll leave work seven o'clock doesn't matter what Wednesday it is I, I'm there I'm leaving so I gotta go home and I'll see Sandra early so I think mm-hmm. that's more I think that's kind of important make sure you just have a family day set aside during the week because you know you're not seeing them Monday Tuesday you're coming home 10 11 o'clock everybody asleep and then you, you don't know what you want to do or whatnot but as long as you have like maybe one day on Saturday or Sunday I think that's a good balance coming to Japan definitely uh encourage me to live a, a healthier life just because like you know you just look at the people here and they're not obese, they're not crazy big, they're they're slim, they're somewhat in good shape. And so that kinda of encouraged me like shit. I wanna do my thing and get in shape. So I definitely if you're gonna come here, like don't expect to get a lot of food on your plate. That's mm-hmm. another they're gonna give you like a certain certain uh portion size and you're gonna have to order a lot more to to get your bellies full and it does get expensive. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I'm not yeah. Yesterday we did a shabu shabu, just a quick story. We thought the meal was going to be like, you know, good three, uh, 3,500 yen. It's a two serving size. So it came out to like $70 for this small little shabu shabu <laughs> box. And I was just like, yo, this could feed me a load. <laughs> what were they thinking? Um, yeah. So we ended up ordering more food or whatever. We ended up spending like double the amount. Without yeah. Cloud. 
I was really hungry. But um, yeah, just just be cautious when you do come here. Like you're not gonna get your belly full. Advice I would give. I'll let Sandra what I think about it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So and also. Don't let them tell you that the English menu and the Japanese menu is the same. It is lies. They're feeding you lies. They're two different menus. <laughs> Get out your Google Translator in any country that you are and venture into their own menu. Don't be like, oh, because you know, like, oh, English menu. Yes, you're comfortable with it, you know, but do the extra work. Take out your Google Translator. Translate everything on the menu. You might find something that you like. So I really, I really push that. David is always mad at me every time I bring out my Google Translator. He's just like, look at it. If it looks nice, just get it. No, <laughs> and I'm like, let no. Me tell you. I, those, look, those look like chocolate chips to me, but they're raisins because I translated. Listen, I thought I was ordering tofu. I was at my favorite little uh, restaurant right by my house. Mm-hmm. I thought I was ordering tofu. Mm-hmm. Good. The pictures. Using my Google Translator didn't help. It said something about like tangerines or something. I was like, what? Okay. I ordered it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm, this is not tofu. I'm chewing it and chewing it. And I'm like, mm, oh, this is liver. It was oh. I like liver. I'm from the island, so it's all good. But that's <laughs> not what I was expecting. <laughs> uh, yeah, Google Translate can, can kind of fuck you over a little bit. Because sometimes when I go downstairs to the market, it just tells me it's delicious. I'm like, I don't care. I want to know what it is. Yeah, I get that too. <laughs> yeah. Also, some other advice I think I would give to couples that are going abroad is to kind of, like David said, really know, figure out your expectations, figure out what what you want to do. And for a long time, I really was like, I'm putting my life on hold. I'm putting my life on hold. I really wasn't looking at it as like, this is my year to gear up. You know what I mean? And I think maybe the narrative has now changed a little bit. I know David's probably on the couch like, yeah, told you so, told you so. But it is definitely a big transition. And so I think it's important for couples to really know what it is like to live somewhere else with different um, cultures and, you know, norms and things like that. And so I think once you have that understanding and that people understand what each other what the other person will be doing and how they're going to handle things. I think that's a, that's a, and also I think to be open-minded because it's a, really important to be very open-minded when you come here. And sometimes it's not going to work out the way you want to, we want it to. And so you just have to have this mentality like, yeah, I'm just going to go with the flow and see where it takes me. But, you know, I think it's very important to really also see what kind of venture out and explore, see what the, the neighborhood has to offer for you. And I think that's a it's a big portion of things when you go somewhere abroad, trying to have an open mind yeah. about things. Yeah. I would also so. watch YouTube. Mm-hmm. I know Sandra did that a bunch before coming here. I think like some couple, she's going from Texas to Nagoya and mm-hmm. like does a whole bunch of videos about food she eats or things that she does while she's here. And I think that yeah. kind of helps. Sandra kind of mm-hmm. just come in here. Oh, your Facebook is a big help, like the expats or whatnot. Um, mm. You can find their Facebook page and just join it. Mm. And like, they're pretty friendly. Just join up and, you know, they say, hey, I'm new to Japan. Would like to meet up with somebody. Is there a next meetup? And, you know, people are pretty friendly. They, they understand this. They've been in that same situation. So they're going to see you on there and they're going to be like, yeah, just come on out. I forget the, there's a bar that's down the block from us, right by the Hilton Hotel. What they have on Sundays, they have some bar event where, like, people come, English speakers come, and, like, they do, like, this mix, or, like, sit at a table. I forget what the event is called. It's, like, a networking event, you can call it. I think it's a language um, so, exchange. Yeah, language exchange. I have never been, but. Uh, so, language exchange. So, I would suggest going to that, and I'm pretty sure there's a lot of events that are like that. 
can come here and do. For nightlife in Nagoya, I don't know if you guys want me to indulge, but Taboo was a nice club. And Sanji, what was that club we went to the first night? First Orca. Night was it Orca? No, not Orca. Oh, 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 where they played the, the reggae? Yeah. Yo. Flex. Flex. Yeah, <laughs> that was hilarious. We saw these two Japanese girls that was just chilling when the hip hop was playing. But the minute like the reggae dance hall and soca songs came out, they hopped off that couch so quick and started twerking. I was like, what? Oh, hey. <laughs> no, the Japanese love the Caribbean yes, music. They do. No. I love how Japan knows about this. <laughs> but yo, at the end of the day, just travel. Uh, get your miles up you know and just explore you know and just be open that'll be like yeah. my biggest advice and learn take what you learn from another culture and try to see if you can if you like it try to make it like a life lesson like hey yeah. I, I focus on this healthy living or treat my people be nicer to people that's one thing i'm gonna be when i go back i'm gonna be a lot nicer to people like anybody could say i'm a bit of a jerk sometimes but <laughs> i'm gonna go back <laughs> Huh? <laughs> I'm like, you cool. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and also, I think Japan has taught me to be like minimal a little bit. We went back for our home leave and we were looking at this fridge. I don't know. It was like some huge fridge bigger than me. I could probably sleep in it. And I was just like looking at David like, why do you need this fridge? It's so huge. And like the fridge that we have now, it's smaller than me like i'm five nine and it doesn't even come up past my chest and like we've been using that and living off living with that perfectly fine and you know we go back to america and we're just like why do we need this three thousand dollar fridge like we were making it perfectly fine with like a two hundred dollar fridge you know what i mean it's really interesting to see how minimalistic it is over here and i would love to take that back to the states with me definitely love it thank love you it. Yeah. Well, awesome, guys. We want to thank you so much for being on the show and, and sharing so much insight and also laughing with us. Thank you for tuning in to Chronicles Abroad. Please support us by sharing this podcast through your social media platforms. Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Follow us on Instagram and hit that like button at Chronicles underscore abroad. Find us online at our website, chroniclesabroad.com, for tips, resources, and ways we can collaborate. So don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Until then, beautiful people, thanks for listening. Music by Stephanie James and Almighty K-Rock, produced by Adam Marcus.